Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Pack Racing Springs. RacingSprings.com Listen y'all, I'm not one to sponsor or let someone sponsor the show or, you know, believe in something or promote something that I don't believe in myself. Um, I run Pack Racing's UTV Spring Kit. Um, I literally have talked about it every single podcast um, since I met with them. Um, it's great. It's the single best modification that I've made to my machine. Um, they make kits for the Yamaha, the Can-Am, the Polaris, um, everything you can think of. If it's a popular side-by-side, they have a spring kit for it. The best part about Pack Racing Springs, though, is the customization and the customer service. Um, again, I will not work with a company if their customer service is not top-notch. Um, if you go back and listen to the podcast I did with Chris Berger, you'll see that not only do they know their stuff, but they're extremely courteous with their time. They give you the opportunity to call in. Any questions you have about how they can make your vehicle ride better, they will take the time, answer it for you, even building customizable kits with specific spring rates that you need with the highest quality springs. Again, I've said it over and over again, powder coat, color, finish, everything about the spring, quality, got no sag, everything's just the best that it could be. Um, I'm really, really pleased that I'm getting a chance to work with Pack Racing Springs and I really appreciate their support of the show. Um, next on the list is Infinite Off-Road. Let me, let me pause real quick. Pause. Uh, Pack Racing Springs also gave us a code for 10% off, unlimited uses on the entire website. And that code is ROR. That's 10% off your spring kit. That's 10% off your um, sway bar. Everything in between, everything on the website, that's 10% off. Uh, tell them Racing on the Rock sent you if you call in for questions or anything like that, and they'll hook you up. Infinite Off-Road, back to them. They offer a 10% coupon as well. That code on infiniteoffroad.com, that code is R-O-C-K-S, and that is for everything on their website. Cages, hard parts, uh, lights, you know, wheel rings, um, everything you can imagine. Rock lights, which is their big seller. Um, but one of the really cool things about Infinite Off-Road is the warranty. A 25-year, you break it, they fix it warranty. Um, that's unheard of, and that's unheard of because I've seen plenty of pictures that uh, Mike and his team at Infinite Off-Road have of cars that were in accidents or you know uh, razor rolled over and the light bar was smashed or the pods were smashed and that's covered by the warranty um, that also includes their light whips so everything is extremely reasonable priced as well um, again you get what you pay for and infinite off-road is nothing short of the best value for your dollar you're going to get a high quality product at not high quality rigid prices should i say um, so again, customer service is A1 and I would do business with them every single day of the week. All Things UTV is also a sponsor of the show. This is the only place that I know of where you can actually get an RS1 diff right out of the box. Um, I think this week they're doing a uh, PRP lower door bags. Um, they had a little video about that on their Facebook. Um, AllThingsUTV.com. They have great options for wheels, tires, axles, blow off valves, shifters. Basically everything you need that's not springs and lighting. All Things UTV should have a solution for you. Tell them Racing on the Rocks sent you and see what they can do for you. Now, today on the show, we have a good friend of the show. We have Hubert Rowland from Nitro Circus, everybody's favorite redneck. Um, we're talking Razor Pro XP, the brand new vehicle they rolled out. Um, I haven't ridden in one yet. I haven't seen one in person yet, but Hubert has some at the compound that he's at right now, and he was at the dealer trade show. We go in-depth as far as the mechanical upgrades. Um, I really think that once you guys hear about everything behind the scenes and under the hood, that you guys will take it easy on the aesthetics of the car that truly aren't that bad. Um, and we talk about a really awesome adventure that Hubert has coming up that you can be a part of um, if you want to just keep up with that online. And we'll talk a ton about that in this episode. But most importantly, thanks to Hubert Rowland for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody's favorite redneck. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. Hubert, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all? We are good, man. We are good here. Um, 
I appreciate you taking the time to come talk to me today because, you know, in the last week, so much has happened. Polaris has released a new machine. You'd think that people are losing their mind because of the way it looks. You know, if it's not one thing, it's another. So today, we're going to set the record straight. We're going to talk about it because um, you had a first-hand experience to go out and test the new machine. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me, how are you affiliated with Polaris, for those who don't know? How did you kind of get that spot with them? Well, my, my affiliation with Polaris is more so through Travis Pastrana and Nitro Circus. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's really, in short, that's the basic of it. So I'm kind of like, like a relay guy between Polaris and Travis himself. Mm -hmm. uh, he's mm -hmm. just busy busy person yeah and they, they get to him and they're kind of time frame they usually get a hold of me first and say hey you mm -hmm. reckon he can do this yeah and he'll reply to me really pretty fast because you know been helping for like 16 years yeah where him having to go through like 50 something emails a day or more and it just everything gets diluted out and you kind of get lost yeah, because they they have a comp they have a compound up in Maryland that you're at pretty often, um, and and you know everything I see out of there is you guys are giving every machine over there y'all are giving it hell. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, that's that's my kind of initial affiliation is mm -hmm. kind of for them and Travis and Nitro Circus and Polaris and stuff like that. So they. Uh, just knowing the right people and all that kind of stuff. I, kn I knew there was something new coming this year, mm -hmm. but of course, you don't know what it is. Yeah. It's even being friends with marketing and engineering and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're not allowed to talk about that stuff because right. they're trying to make something new and awesome. Right. And a cat out of the bag. So, uh, with that being said, you know, and being on, uh, being friends with a lot of the race team, you know, even they can't, they can't say anything at all. They just, like, oh, they hear there's a new machine also. So yeah. we're all kind of up in the air and whatever. And then I get, like, a little a little email about uh, we're going to do a, a new launch. You know, we want Travis to be part of it. Yeah. And so I reach back. I reach out to Travis, and I say, hey, they're, they're hitting me up. You know, what's your dates of schedule and all this kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. Are you for these dates? And he come back and said, no, you know, we're doing a lot of planning, a lot of meetings and stuff for some big, big um events to come so i'm i'm pretty booked out those weeks mm -hmm. so i hit him back and i said hey you know he can't make it his schedule swamped but i like new stuff mm -hmm. and i like polaris razors <laughs> well i like riding yeah you got a few of them so yeah they were like okay well uh since he can't go um it'd be awesome if you can be there uh kind of in his place yeah uh, is there any way you can get stuff on the, the Nitro Circus page or get it to Travis and stuff like that? Mm. So I reached out to Nitro and uh, they told me I can I can put things on the story, um, but with with the very very strict of we're not selling nothing. Right. Uh, it's like you know your experience getting to go do something cool, mm -hmm. and at the end of the day, I mean that's all it really ever is. You know, it's just. Get, happen to be part of some really cool stuff. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this, from from like a, from an outside perspective, because the show isn't sponsored by Polaris or we have no affiliation with them at all. And you know, uh, from the outside perspective, you know, if there's ever controversy, like I would say that this machine release has been, you know, the it hasn't been controversial, but there's been a lot of talk about it and a lot of mixed, kind of like mixed reactions. But you know, the average person says, "Oh, you know, he was out at the at the you know the Polaris event, so he's always going to say good things about it, you know, because he was there. He's you know a part of the team." And I really like I don't feel that way about you because you know we've we've gotten together a couple times, and I feel like I know you on a personal level, and you know. If you didn't like something, you're not somebody to hold your tongue, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I've, uh, my mouth gets me in trouble at times. <laughs> but, so, so, Polaris, they had like a pre-launch mm -hmm. um, this past weekend, which was roughly the... So, redo that. So, the dealer show, it was roughly 
I think on July 28th to mm-hmm. the 1st or 30th. Yeah. So they had a pre-launch the weekend before that for that new machine. And so because Travis didn't go, I got to go kind of in his place and representing him and Nitro Circus and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I got to go out there. I, I saw it, you know, with the race team and some other people. And then the day after, we got to go out and ride in it and drive it. And uh, it was it was a very big eye opener. It was like wow, you know this uh, the the engineers. I mean, they when so when Polaris pulls out the plans for a new machine, it doesn't happen overnight. Right, right. Um, like Turbo S, it probably came about a little bit quicker because they used a current platform, just kind of updated it, made it better. Right. But this machine. It's it's pretty much new from the ground up. I mean, it uses the same motor, but the motor has lots of updates to it. Mm-hmm. It has a self-cooling system on it, because now the reservoir is in the back under the bed. So if you shut it off, you'll hear it release that pressure into the cooling tank, so the motor will cool down quicker. Really? Uh, the turbo is liquid-cooled now, and it's a bigger turbo, where the old turbo wasn't liquid-cooled. It was just pushing oil through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, also the intercooler that's inside the intake of the motor, it's a redesign because earlier models had problems where they would leak every so often. Right. Uh, they explained to me exactly why they leaked, and this is why we fixed it. So the motor's the same, but there's some updates. It's mm-hmm. got a whole new clutch setup in it. Uh, the primary clutch of this Pro XB will fit on all current turbo models. Really? Uh, the secondary won't because the shaft on the transmission is a little bit bigger in diameter. Uh-huh. The primary will fit, and it is running the same belt as current turbos. Really? So that new primary clutch, that's next level. They've got patents on this stuff. And they said it took them over a year to figure out this clutch and get it how they wanted it. Because mm-hmm. this clutch is built much like the XP1000 clutch. It doesn't have the little, the little wear plates and stuff like that like the current turbos mm-hmm. it's just like the xp 1000 clutch to where the spider slides into the sides and it has little wear pucks on the side mm-hmm. so it's a, lot, a much more heavier duty clutch not to say the old one isn't but this is heavier right so also the way the clutch works is it doesn't have a typical nut on it it has a torx bit nut on the inside mm-hmm. that holds the whole center so you can you can zip that big bolt out and grab the entire out, outer half of clutch and pull it off. Wow. And you leave the inner shaft and the inner half of the clutch on the crank. So you can pull you could have like a, a whole segment outer half. Yeah. Re spring it, just one bolt, pull it out, slide it off, put it back on. Well that's that's awesome to hear too because I mean, you know, busting that bad boy open on the trail it sounds like, you know, it just became a whole lot easier as well. Oh, for sure. And so they've got it where the bolts stay in the cover now. Like, they don't zip out and fall out everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. That clutch, the way it comes apart, that's awesome. And you can actually you can actually replace the center clutch bearing by literally taking out one bolt. You take out the bolt, take out the outer half, grab the bearing, slide it off, and put a new one on. It's literally that easy. You don't have to take the inner half of the clutch ever off. And yeah. Clips on. Um, so that's some next level stuff right there that's not even, you know, ever been seen. Yeah. The second clutch is built much like a billet STM clutch to where it's rollers and ramps. Mm-hmm. It's the older style. It's got the little spring and all that kind of weird stuff and it comes apart. Yeah. Um, and of course, the routing in the, the whole belt box and all that kind of stuff. They change the air routing. They change the exhaust size to where the exhaust side of the clutch box is huge now. It's like what I cut out on my race machines. We cut a really big hole to get all the exhaust out of it. Right. Well, now that's factory. And they're actually channeling the air in behind some baffles to get the air behind the clutches because that's the hottest part. Right. And then the clutches have bigger fins on them that dissipate heat and also move air at the same time. So now... They were telling me if you put your hand like near the exhaust part of the clutch box and rev it up, you'll feel it blowing hot air out. Yeah. Where years past is kind of just blowing air. Right. So right. Really, the homework on little areas like that. Yeah, that's amazing because I mean that's an area where you see people asking questions all the time. Is 
you know, what can I do to, you know, save my, save my belt? Uh, you know, I mean, it sounds like belt issues are going to be a thing of the past for, you know, your everyday rider. I, I, I would venture to say so. Out of that, that little pre-launch thing, um, they had Ronnie Anderson out there taking people for rides on the short course because you, you just can't let anybody wing it wide open on a short course. It'll yeah. be cars left and right. Now, we got to run like an eight-mile loop out in the desert where uh -huh. it's now followed the leader and uh, really feel the suspension. And I'll say this thing, it's got as much travel as a Turbo S, and it rides as good as a Turbo S, but it sticks to the ground better because it's 64-inch and it's 96-inch wheelbase versus a 90 inch wheelbase yeah so it's very stable it's very like very precise where the turbo s is it's stable and precise but it's a little bit floaty almost yeah um so this thing will do anything a turbo s will uh if not better you know it's it's pretty next level the dynamic suspension of course just like all the current dynamics it's just unreal the way it works mm -hmm. uh the seating position they lowered the seats they gave us a little bit more foot room but now here's the downside. We lost footroom because the floorboards are not as wide as what they used to be. Okay. And I told the engineers that. I was like, you know, I said, I love it, but we lost some room because a current turbo, if anyone has a current XP1000 or turbo, the dead foot on the driver's side mm -hmm. is all the way over against the very left little, the left wall area. Right. And then it kind of goes round, kind of like a fender wheel. Mm -hmm. Or like, the way I drive, I can rest my foot over next to the gas, or, or the way I drive, I can drive, I can rest my foot next to the brake pedal, mm -hmm. but not be using the dead foot. So I can actually stretch my foot out some. Yeah. Where this one, there's a huge dead foot that goes from the wall almost all the way to the brake pedal. Really? So you, you kind of lost a little room, but you mm -hmm. gained some room. It, it's kind of a yeah. I don't know, it's a give and take thing. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I definitely see what you're saying. But it sounds like, I mean, I don't know. You and I are both regular size guys. And, and I would think that anyone smaller than us that drives, they're going to get that benefit of that new, like, kind of dead foot space. And, you know, anybody bigger than us, which, you know, again, we're regular size guys, um, you know, they'll they'll see the, the harsh effects. But... Again, if the seats are lower and there's more cockpit room, because it's four inches wider in the cockpit, right? Uh, I'm not really positive on the width. The frame width didn't change as far as the actual frame itself. Okay. The width of the, the, the wheelbase width, I mean, it's 64 inches. Yeah. So you, you did gain a little bit of room. You have a really tall console in the middle now, very yeah. similar to a Can-Am or something. Uh -huh. So our, our water bottles won't get hot in the cup holders like they did in the past. Dude, thank the Lord, man. I don't know how long I've been waiting for that one. But, uh, and on the passenger side, so it has a dead foot on both sides. That's nice. So the passenger really can be stabilized. Now, the passenger seat doesn't slide anymore, but then again, I don't think a passenger seat needs to ever slide. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But the, the hand rest area, it slides very easy. Yeah. But we did get some, some length. They, they claim we got six inches more length uh, from seats. And the seats are adjustable. There's, there's bolts in the front. When you take the seat out where the seat frame is, there's two little bolts on the front of the seat frame that's in the machine. Mm -hmm. Take them out, and there's three different settings to kick the front of the seat up or down. Hmm. So you can kind of recline it back a little bit or push it down. You know, uh, we have we have a Pro XP here at Travis's house. Uh, we got it as soon as it released. You know, it was here so we can get videos of him in it. That way mm -hmm. they can put it out and stuff like that, and just show that you know he's driving and let him really get a good on it so today uh we spent like two hours of him out there in the woods just ripping on it and getting some video clips and stuff like that and we have a turbo s that just came in you know about two months ago and you know he, he's blown away with both of the suspension technology and all that kind of stuff and you know he, he said man it's really hard to pick he said they're both awesome he said i i do like the new pro better it's in it's very very stable uh -huh. it's got no more power. He said he loves power because he's driving a 700 horsepower rally car. Yeah. Uh, the more power, the better. He said, but he does like this one because of stability and because of 64 inch width. Um, he said the Turbo S is great out here, but the trails start feeling a little narrow sometimes. Yeah, I watched a video of uh, 
I think it's Dustin Jones, the guy that in the Can-Am, American Can-Am. I saw his POV video of him running through the course, and it is tight, man. There's some trees there for sure. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely some trees for sure. But I do want to ask, you know, comparing both the Turbo S and the and the Pro XP, is it? Let me phrase it like this: Is it easier to compare? The, the the now you know 1000 xp turbo model that like that that base that chassis to, to the new pro xp or is it easier to compare the turbo s to the pro xp which one feels more like it well i mean so we'll, we'll just hit this subject right quick so there's a lot of people online yeah uh, cutting a lot of crap on it looks like a honda or it looks like a k camera looks sure. like what well what they did is they took the they took the handling of an RS1. Yeah. The RS1 very centered handling. And you, you have a lot of feel of the whole machine. Uh, they took that handling char- characteristic and wanted to get it in two seats. Mm-hmm. And then they took the stability and the power and, and the awesomeness of the Turbo S mm-hmm. and then wanted that in the same machine. So they kind of combined the two. And then, of course, that's kind of what they came up with. They, they added a little bit of length Right. Or sitting a little more centered. Mm-hmm. And so it feels very much like an RF1 as far as the handling. It's very quick. It's very nimble. Being at six inches long, wheelbase, but it cuts in sharper than the existing turbo. How did they so, achieve that? I don't know. But but they did it, and it's badass. I'm telling Dude, you. Dude, that's... How, how glued to the ground and how quick and how nimble it is. And then, you know, people say, well, the image of it, well... If, if you think about that, the RS1 and the handling and the Turbo S, the, the power and the badass suspension. So, yeah. And then they kind of they kind of use the RS1 bodywork as like the new age. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it does kind of replicate an RS1, but two seats. Um, yeah. And kind of from front to rear it does. And I'll do a video probably tomorrow, since we have all three of them here. Mm-hmm. I'll, get, I'll do a video and I'll put all three of them out and, and do this like explanation of kind of what they told me. Yeah. And, when you drive one, and if you drove all three of them, it fully makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the best of both worlds, for sure. And then, of course, they did a lot of upgrades. It's, it's running the Turbo S front diff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the diff is the same as Turbo S. The motor is basically the same with some upgrades. Mm-hmm. The same transmission as Turbo S, but it's all hinges. The, the gears in it, the gear faces are wider. Mm-hmm. The cases are thicker and stronger in the weak points that we've seen in the past. Okay. The gearing is roughly the same as Turbo S, but they put a heavier drive shaft in it. Mm-hmm. Got heavier axles in it. Axles, they're saying they're roughly eight times heavier than stock. Golly. And when I look at that, when I look at the axles, they're very similar to the Super ATV X300 axle. As really? As far as the way tapered. Wow. Um, what, what they said is their axles do have flex in them. And out of testing these machines for the past two years, they said they only broke one axle in two years out of testing all these machines. Ooh, man. So they've really stepped up the game on this. And, you know, I haven't drove one of the new Can-Ams. Now, I've drove a couple Can-Ams in the past few months. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Jones brought, brought one up here, and I, I took it for like two or three laps, and, I was like, man, this thing's pretty nice. You know, it, it's it's got a lot of space. It sticks to the ground real good. It's got good power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I drove one out in Moab for like half a day or so, just running through some rock sections and stuff. And I really like it. was an RC model. Yeah. And I like the low gear in it. And kind of the same thing. I like the room in the other cab. Yeah. Just how kind of swept to the ground it was. And I'll say this Pro XP is, is very, very similar characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a nice cab. It's very stuck to the ground. Um, I do wish that they had a lower low gear. Now. Yeah. Um, that's that's just me. That's kind of what I prefer. Now, I've drove Rocks and Trails model. Mm-hmm. And that's got a nice low, but it's almost too low. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they just, it seems like there's no in-between. And I wish they would build, you know, just from from a, a general population, uh, you know, view, it would be really great if they would bring back the type of models 
um, you know, kind of the East versus West Razor, because I feel like when the 1000 XP first came out, that's what we saw where, you know, this one's made for dunes and going fast, and this one's made for trails. And I think from that, you got the high lifter, and then you got the rock and trail, and they all do their respective things pretty good, but you know, if they if they took some of the sprinkles off of those vehicles and divided them into like a more standard trail edition that is, you know, the standard model for the East Coast and then, you know, vice versa for the West Coast, um, I think that that would make people's options a lot easier because um, one of the main things that I realized was they had a lot of releases uh, last weekend. I mean, it seems like there's, you know, 10 or 15 different models of Razor that you can buy now. Yeah, they uh, they definitely brought out a lot of stuff. Um, of course, they have two new four wheelers out. They have Sportsman and those are sharp. XP, it's fifty five inches. Yeah, Grambler one thousand XP, that's like fifty five inches. Which at, at first glance, it's like pretty big for a four wheeler. Yeah, it's huge. It's but, crazy looking. But I didn't get to drive them. Um, that was up at the R and D facility. I just never really left the convention center. I I was fortunate enough to go to the dealer show also, and mm -hmm. it's new release stuff. And I just decided to stay there. I've got a broken foot right now from some uh, a little incident before Fourth of July. I will mm -hmm. kind of leave that alone. But <laughs> I've got a plate and screws in my foot, so I'm limited a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. everyone I talked to that drove those new folders, they said they are awesome. They crazy power, great suspension, and so you know maybe that'll liven the folder world up a little bit and kind of. Some, get some more attention because the UTV is, has kind of taken over yeah. a vast majority of power sports in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with you. But, I mean, you know, so we can go back to that Pro XP right quick. Now. Yeah. There, I'm going to do a walk around Vito here at the shop. I did one there uh -huh. on the brake machine that doesn't have any plastics on it. Mm -hmm. And you can see a lot of stuff right there with no plastics, but there's, there's some features on it that, like, I'll be able to show when I get it on the lift here. I'll get it up off the ground. And because, like, when I saw that front diff in, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Bigger radiator, and it's got a huge fan on it. A fan looks like it comes off of like a power stroke. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. It's going to stay cool for yeah. sure. That self purging system, you know, you're not going to get air in the line and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. going to do. Yeah. When I saw the diff and I was like, I pulled an engineer over to the side. I said, like, how are you going to get that diff out? And I was like, please don't tell me you got to take the radiators out. He's like, oh, no. He, he showed me some bolts up front and mm -hmm. bolts in the back. So this new machine has a, has a up frame on the front end. Wow. Within about, I think it's about eight bolts, you can have that front diff out. Um, wow. On the front end, the front part of the frame bolts the upper part. Yeah. And it leads and all that kind of stuff. And then on the lower, right behind the lower A-arms, it unbolts and it's all kind of sleeved and connected and the whole front and lower arms just drop off and there's a diff hanging there. Wow. Now let me ask you this because you know when I when I initially hear that I think that you know I, I just think of, of our buddy Zach Davis and when I saw him at AOP he took a he took a good hit on a just a rock wall straight up and um, he you know he just clipped that whole front end and I feel like he's not the only one to just, you know, hit that front end hard. Is that going to be a failure point? I, I truly don't think so because the way it, the way it, it leaves and locked together. Uh -huh. um, I mean, you may dent it and, you know, you might bend it up a little bit. Like if you hit it from the very, very front. Right. But if you hit it on the bottom, it's going to be no different than hitting your normal frame. Right. You're going to hit it flat. Yeah. Yeah. But if it does bend in the front end or whatever, you're only having to replace that one little piece. Yeah, that's the best part. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, and it's got a whole one-piece frame from front to rear, and it's got huge tubes. I think the tubing on some of the lower frame, I think they're like two and a quarter, two and a half inch now. Um, it's pretty insane the way they built it. And it's got a, a huge skip plate on it. Skip plate covers the entire bottom. That's great. That's great news. Compared to current ones where our floorboards are always exposed. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they did their homework on that stuff. And, you know, there, there's lots of, like, little features that are like, wow, that's that's really well thought out. Yeah. Um, and this is, 
they offer three different models. They have a base model, mm-hmm. and they have like a, they call it a premium model. The base model has a shoulder belt, a normal steering wheel, walker shocks, and I, I think that's about all. The premium model comes with the telescoping steer, steering wheel, mm-hmm. the clip harnesses, and uh, it still has walker shocks on it. And then the ultimate model, they call it, that's that's what has ride command dynamics. The steering wheel with the controls and telescoping, click six, you know, it, it has just those few more options. But come, come to look at it and look at the prices, if you go base model, it's roughly about 23. And then you go Turbo S, it's about two grand, maybe three grand cheaper. So... You know, nobody sells anything for retail anymore. So, right. in a day, you should be able to get a base model for basically Turbo S money, and you've got a pretty amazing machine. And if you're going to go racing, or you don't... sorry, sorry about that. My dog came in here, and I think my my fiance walked in. What's that? <clears throat> but yeah, I agree. I mean, you get a you get a race ready machine completely out of the box. Um, and I think this Pro XP is is uh, the next step. I mean, I really do because uh, you know we ask a lot of people on Facebook and things like that. We're talking about they're going to build a trophy truck version, and that's kind of where it landed, in my opinion. You know, you got a little longer, um, you got more power. It's good, you know, and it's it's a lot more in that realm of like let's push the envelope and let's go fast. Like I say, it comes with everything that's stronger in it. Mm-hmm. From drive crank to axles to arms to tie rods to radius rods, everything's stronger. So, yes, it is more money. Yeah. But you don't have to upgrade it quite as quickly. Yeah. Hearing, hearing just the comment about the axles is enough for me to consider it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, mean, it's, I mean, you know, the, the engineers tell me what they tell me as far as, you know, we tested this, we tested this, and. No, I was like, well, yeah, that's a big old drop of big stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, if you give me two of those, and I can give it to a bunch of rednecks back home, and they'll break the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and that won't be, like, purposely trying to break it. That's just how they drive. They drive hard, and they, they make it do things it probably doesn't want to do. Right. Okay, so, you know, only time will tell, and they, they kind of look at me like, gosh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's like, you know, the public will find what's wrong with it. That's and, very true. You know, it's really hard to see anything wrong with it at this given time because it's not been out in public. But, I mean, the imaging and styling, people will get used to it. You know, that's... If they'll they'll listen to me and say, hey, just think about RS1, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. You are right. You're definitely right in that because the RS1 is a... It was new, and and it was very obvious that that was going to be the new style that they were going to move forward with. Um and I typically, I personally, I like the RS1. Um, you can see it in all the 2018 and 2019 models of Razor, so it's not a big surprise. Um, but I mean, more than anything, is okay. If you're going to pay, you know, twenty five thousand dollars, for example, for a Razor, does it? Do you want it to look good? Of course. But does does the the look of this machine? People, you know, you might the way people are talking about it. You might as well think that they're they're making you buy the Oscar Mayer Wiener hot dog truck, you know? Like it's it's not that big of a deal. I just people are getting their panties in a bundle and you know, I think that my my biggest hope is that we would have seen a a, a new a, a fully redesigned engine, but after hearing about the suspension and all the other like hard part upgrades that they've made, man, it's it just sound I mean I, I get it. it. It sounds like a good decision on Polaris's part to make this move on them, you know? Yeah, for sure. And, like, like really, there's nothing wrong with the motor that's in it. Right. I mean... I agreed. Agreed. They took what they know is tried to prove. They gave it a little bit more power. They gave it a bigger turbo. They, they helped the cooling on it to kind of make up for the extra power because, of course, it's going to create more and they they took the same great engine, added more power, and added some reliability to it. Yeah. So, you know, why change the wheel when it's working perfectly fine? Yeah. Um, now, is there another machine coming? 
years to come with a new motor. Of course. Who knows? All these little spy photos get leaked out of this that one machine that's on a trailer with a tarp over it. Oh yeah. The the machine sitting at like a gravel road with like weird exhaust pipes. Mm -hmm. Like well, I showed those pictures to the engineer, and they looked at me and they laughed. They're like, "What was years ago?" That's uh, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That's such a good thing to hear as a fan. Yeah, I mean, they're like, yeah, that was years ago. It's like, I don't even know where that thing is. I'm like, there you go. And it's just said that, it just shows that, like, they have to try a lot of different things out, and they have to try other brands out and yeah. to, kind of, to kind of see where they stand and to, you know, remain a top, top OEM. Uh, it takes lots of trial, lots of error, and, and a, a, at the end, a decision that makes the most sense business-wise also. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And and you know, <laughs> what's just so funny to me is just the fact that like, uh, you know, people are signing this as Polaris's like death note, and all that they have done is you know, okay, we'll set aside the fact that this is a solid machine, that this is solid upgrades, you know, that this machine is better. We'll set that aside. You still have the Turbo S option. You still have the regular Turbo and every other option of Razor you could ever want. You still have that option, and people are signing this like no one will ever buy another Razor again. Yeah, I think, I think people are a little overly dramatic. And, I mean, it's a, I don't know, if you look on the line, online, on the pages, I mean, it, it's a lot of keyboard warriors. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, hey, to each storm, that's fine. And, and I'd say the majority of them do have razors, UTVs, whatever, mm -hmm. and I'm sure they go out and ride and stuff like that, but I'd, I'd say there's very few that get out and, and ride as much as we do up here, Yeah, and you know, stuff like that, like we ride nearly every day, and it's yeah. kind of from the property and stuff like that, but we see firsthand kind of what works and what doesn't work mm -hmm. with wear and tear and miles and stuff like that, and I'm not saying there's no one else that does that, but we do do a lot of different things up here, and I do a lot of adventures, and so we're just around these machines inside and out, and I know them inside and out pretty well um, and know what works and what doesn't. And to see the engineers, you know, kind of take it in the way that they've taken it, mm -hmm. it's, it, I really appreciate it because I've worked on these things, like I say, inside and out. Right. To see that subframe come off where the, where the, you know, the front diff comes out easy, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. To see the way the clutch is built, to where the clutch just pops off like that. You know, that's amazing. And then they did their homework on the cooling. I mean, you know, Blaris is not a, <laughs> they're not a newbie to any of us. Right, this. yeah. Um, they're, you know, after going to the dealer meeting and listening to the the president of Off-Road get up there and talk about, you know, of course, the different machines coming out, but a lot of the statistics and the and the stats of the business and how it works and stuff, it's pretty eye-opening. Blaris is the most American power sports company there is. Explain that. So they have 9,000 employees in the U.S. Ooh, man. And I think they said they have 14, they have 14 locations as uh -huh. far as like builds and stuff like that. Yeah. And over half of them are here in the U.S. Man. So, uh, you know, I, I can't remember the exact numbers. I wish I would have recorded all of it. Yeah. But I would say like 70% of products of Polaris are made here in the U.S. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So they, you know, and, you know, they're kind of battling tariffs and all that kind of stuff because tariffs yeah. are like, they're mostly on materials and stuff. Right. So they're, they're really battling that because, and they're battling at the point that like, look, we're more American than any other company. Right. And, you know, you know, cut us a break, you know, whatever. And, you know, so the, the racers are built in different plants and the rangers and the engines. And, you know, they're spread out to kind of where it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, to hear those stats and to see the numbers firsthand, it's like, holy cow, I never realized that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's one thing that I think everybody should take in mind, too, is just that Polaris is good. And they're good at what they do. And they're going to continue to be good at what they do. But... Uh, I, I do want to uh, talk about one other thing while I have you on the phone, but before we move on, I want to ask, what it, you know, you've had a chance to drive it, you've had a chance to be around it, you're, you've been in it, what do you think is the best upgrade about this machine? 
mean, honestly, for me, it's hard to limit. Go <laughs> limit it, but like, give me a top three. I mean, like, I don't know, like top three as far as comfort. I mean, anything, anything, all across the board. If you had to put the top three, top three. If I was gonna pick some, I was gonna pick like, I'd pick like comfort. Okay. It's gonna be like the telescoping steering wheel and the seating. It's just more comfortable. Yeah. Than current machines, and it's it's built better. The seats don't wobble. Mm-hmm. You know, super tight. You know, everything. If I was gonna pick another thing, you know, it'd be suspension. You know. We're uh, we're rolling on dynamics here, but at the end of the day, shocks are shocks. Mm-hmm. But suspension and handling, it just it's got great travel. It sticks to the ground like glue, and it, it's just quick and nimble. And then the third thing is the durability they put into it, and all the thoughts of you know the stuff that gets a motor to keep it running cooler. Mm-hmm. And the big deal, all the drivetrains have your. You know, that's all that kind of stuff. And then service, serviceability is just that much easier. And, you know, those are the, the, the three main things. I mean, that's pretty much everything. Right. The three categories that most people look at. And all three categories are like, they went up. You know, it's like, holy cow, you know. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, prior or uh, current machines are bad. Mm-hmm. But when you roll this up to an, a current machine, you'll be like, Wow! Holy cow! You know, it's it's kind of like a Cadillac to a GM. Yeah, it's that's like, that's big. That big of a difference. Well, that's good, um, man. I, I know that a lot, like me included, I have been pestering you to get you on the show to talk about it, and I've been I'm even more excited for whenever you get one and and uh, I can come body and come see it because uh, I'm stoked to see one in person. I'm truly, truly excited. Yeah, and so so. Two other things about it. So when I think really, the bed comes out. Like literally four bolts and the whole bed tray comes out and you can see the whole motor and everything. That's awesome. No more bed deletes. Nope. And then if you pull the seats out, the whole front firewall comes off or nearly the whole front firewall with like two little turn screw things and the whole firewall comes out. That's That's awesome too. That's the biggest pain in the butt to deal with. Yes, and because now the air filter, you, you change it from the seat side instead of the back side. Really? Yep. But now a downfall is we had a great big, nice glove box in the current machines. Mm-hmm. Well, we lost it for two small glove boxes. I did see those, but still, you know, it's enough room to put your phone in and put, you know, a water bottle in if you, if you if you know, you got a little bit of room. Yeah, and it's nice. There's a there's an upper center console, a little side glove box and there's a center console kind of back by how your arm like a general mm-hmm. so it's, but you know that was that was kind of a complaint to me i was like i love that big glove box you could just keep on stuff and sh- yeah stuff. but yeah. you know what it's, it's a give and take thing um it's an awesome machine and you know honestly i don't think people have to change roll cages on this one yeah that's a that's a big question that's being asked right now and that's really really exciting because there's two grand right there yeah it's so the the cage is two inch diameter instead of one seventy five. So they bumped up the tube size, so it's a little stronger, and it's it's a one piece cage that goes from front all the way to back on each side, and then it just has two cross members that bolt in. Mm-hmm. So it's very strong as far as like vertical load for sure, and I think even a side load it'll really help. Um, the only downfall of it, and I I couldn't get a straight answer from anybody. It's a oh. 088 is the wall thickness on that two inch tubing. Now it's two inches bigger, it's stronger. Unfortunately, most racing applications, and remember what I said a long time ago, racing is less than 5% of the market, so it really doesn't. Right. It doesn't, it's not a lot to cater towards, but on a racing aspect, most organizations require 095 thickness. Right. So if you're racing, you're changing it no matter what, mm-hmm. where the, the Wildcat XX, their cage is 095. And all you do is weld up the seams, and it's ready to race. Mm-hmm. And I asked numerous engineers that, and they're like, you know, it's a super strong cage. I said, no, man, I get it. It's fine. I said, but we have to change it to a racing kind of no matter what. Right. And I said, why couldn't you go 095? And no one could give me a straight answer. Uh, I, I Honestly, no one knew. Uh, they were like, you know, we, we try to push this way, we try to push this way, and it may be cost, maybe weight, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to keep as light as I can. This machine right here, it's, it's 1,750 pounds, where an H3-1000 is 1,500. Yeah. Um, so it did gain a little weight, but, you know, it's that much stronger also. So. I was about to say, you gained it in all those heavy-duty parts. Yeah, yeah, you can't really get around. I, I bet that transmission weighs probably 10 pounds more than the current one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, again, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about that. But one more thing I did want to talk about, speaking of your adventure background, is you're doing. Uh, what are you calling this new adventure you're going to be doing? Oh, it's just another adventure ride. I mean, it, I guess a southeast adventure. Okay. Um, yeah, tell, I'm gonna let you explain it. Tell us all about it. So, so yeah, I mean, a lot of us that well. A lot of people in general, but especially a lot of people that listen to the show and follow the racer pages online. Being from the southeast, you know, a lot of people ride Winrock, Royal Blue, uh, you know, Brimstone, Tacka Creek, um, Hatfield McCoys. They ride uh, all these different places, AOP, um, Iron Gap sometimes. You know, there's just lots of good riding kind of south-central Tennessee, Tennessee, mm-hmm. all the way up to Virginia. And... I've, after going across country, you know, nowhere is too far. Like yeah. to me, like I went 5,000 miles in a month. Yeah. So if you, if you told me, like, if I said, hey, I'm going to take my razor and go from like, you know, Nashville to Bowling Green, people were like, oh, you can't do that. And I was like, no, you can, trust me. Um, yeah. So I'm the last person to tell that to. <laughs> oh, but man. that's not being arrogant. That's just saying like, there's a will, there's a way. Right. So, being from kind of middle Tennessee area, I got to thinking, you know, I want to do a smaller adventure that more people can come be part of. Because mm-hmm. most people, I mean, people can't take off usually more than three or four days at the most. They surely can't take off a month. Right. Uh, and being self-employed, you know, I'm able to do that. I just work and save some money and then I can hold off for a little while and then just go do it again. Uh, it may not be the smartest way to operate, but... <laughs> it's a way, though. It's definitely a it, way. It's a whatever. Yeah. But so I, I just got to thinking that like, all right, well, I'd like to kind of connect the semi-local trail areas that we ride. So I want to start like down near AOP, you know, Tracy City area. And I want to ride from there up to Winrock. And that's not crazy far. Um, mm-hmm. And then go from like Winrock. Of course, you can connect Winrock, Brimstone, Royal Blue. You can connect all those. Right. Rather. And then Tackett Creek is above Royal Blue. And so that's kind of easy to connect all that stuff. Right. And then from Epic Creek, it's not crazy far to get to Black Mountain, Kentucky. Um, and I know people that have, that have kind of connected those dots. And I was like, all right, well, that's pretty easy. And then I want to connect from there all up to Hatfield McCoy. So that's a whole state almost. Yeah. And that's where it gets a little tricky. It's like, it's not a true trail system. Um, it's more back roads, gravel, county roads, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just sat down on my iPad and lead nav the same way I built the other trails, and I just started zooming in, zooming out, drawing lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made up a route that basically starts at uh, Tracy City, where we where we put in right there at the EMT station, and get up to the bottom of Winrock area, basically the prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would come in actually right past the train tunnels that I did some posts about before, so yeah. we could go into the train tunnel, get through that, go up to the prison, and then, you know, then you're at Winlock, Brimstone, Royal Blue Area, we can ride all that. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Um, but, like, from from um, uh, Tracy City to Winrock, you know, basically the prison, it's not crazy far. It's only like 80 miles. Yeah, that's not bad at all. And, you know, doing that kind of route, it's more just zoom in and find county roads and just follow county roads the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some gravel roads and some little trails I've found, but the problem with finding trails off the satellite imagery, they might be on private property. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of got to stay towards county and gravel roads and just kind of the way that's away from everybody. And then, you know, so the goal is we'll start there. We can be in, we can be at the bottom of Windrock. You know, I don't know if we're going to camp at Windrock or Brimstone or mm-hmm. well, it doesn't really matter. I don't know where we're going to camp at, but we can be there in a day. Right. But that isn't half a day. Uh, pretty easy. Uh, unless we get caught up on some trails, just having a good time. You know, that's whatever. This this trip is not going to be scheduled like my cross-country trip. Uh-huh. My, my cross-country tri- trip 
trip had a a per day stop scheduled for an entire month. Hmm. So I couldn't get behind. Yeah. I I had to be somewhere every single day because if I lost a day, then it that changed the whole trip. And I have people flying in to meet and ride with me, whether they're veterans or people of interest like Travis or influencers or whatever. So I yeah. can't fault them. Where this will kind of be free and easy going. We'll we'll spend a day. We'll get up to Winrock Royal Blue area, and I've got a an idea of a certain amount of trails I want to hit and show people, which are maybe some of the harder trails, maybe some of the great views and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go up through Tackett Creek, and then we'll go up to Black Mountain, Kentucky, and we'll we'll spend probably three days doing that that area right there. Yeah, because that's I mean, there's so much right there. Yeah, and just just hitting the really cool stuff that you know is kind of known and recognizable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then once through Black Mountain, I mean, it's it's pushing. I want to say it's pushing about 160 miles to get to Hatfield McCoy's. Yeah. So we can make that in a day. That's not a problem. But you know, once we leave out of Black Mountain, it's going to be gravel roads and county roads and and doing all the zooming in and out research I've done. Mm-hmm. It's it's a large portion of gravelly very very back roads you know out through the mountains mm-hmm. and then once we hit hatville mccoy's that's basically the end but we'll probably spend a day or two just riding up there you yeah. know get some up and get see the place um yeah. so that that's kind of the initial goal of it is just do a southeast trail i'm i'm estimating it'll take you know four to six days mm-hmm. probably about honestly probably about seven days is a total trip if you want to ride while you get there you want to run with me and, and run all the stuff we're going to run, it'll be about seven days. Because um, if we spend three days at Winrock, well, that only gives us a day on each end. Right, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the goal of it, and then we'll we'll trailer back. And, you know, whoever wants to come follow along, they're more than welcome. I don't care. But you need to be self-sufficient, and you need to have all your permits, and you need to have tags, and, you know, you need to be your own deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you're doing with me is following. I'm not providing anything except just kind of leading the path. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if you want to go the whole way, that's awesome. But you got to find your own way home. Uh, I'm probably going to have a truck and trailer meet me there, and then we'll just roll back, or I'll find a shipper, or I might I may just turn around and ride back. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's an option for sure. And and I kind of thought about doing it backwards. I like you know it's easier for someone to drop me off up there. Mm-hmm. And then just go home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because you could just as easy, I mean, pull it back into Murfreesboro, you know? Yeah, it, it wouldn't be hard to, to end at Tracy City mm-hmm. and just back road my way all the way back over to Middle Tennessee. Yep. Um, that'd be actually pretty darn easy. Or end up at a friend's house, and I'm actually pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, you and I both know that there's there's plenty of folk down there that would, uh, you know, be around to hang out. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of the initial goal is just to get out and have fun and go riding and get people involved and you know i've kind of put put out a map there that kind of showed a basic route Mm -hmm. and um you know i was going to try to make an exact route through brimstone and all royal blue and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but that's like taking my current map and tracing it and then deleting everything off of it yeah just gonna leave it a big old clutter full of lines because we'll decide when we get there yeah (laughs) yeah so i got i got two questions or i got three questions for you if somebody wants to come ride with you, you know, other than their permits, their tags, and things like that, what do they need to bring to to ride with you? I mean, it, they need food, sleeping bag, the whole nine yards. What does somebody need to come ride this seven days with you? So, like, whoever's going to do an adventure ride following me, as I said, they need to be fully self-sufficient. I mean, you need your own parts, your own tools, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not saying bring a hold on tool truck, because between a few of us, we'll have something to help get it going. Right. But don't rely on me. Uh, and I, I don't say that to be a butthead, but, you know, I'm not here to carry everybody. Yeah. Um, I think everyone should be able to carry their own weight. That's probably why I'm single right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, 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 a, that's actually good. That's rich. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, you tell the chicks, hey, but you need to be self-sufficient. You can't carry your own weight. I'm sure not gonna carry it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's a that, that's a that's a good one. Try that one at home. <laughs> that's kind of mean, but I mean, uh, it's no, it's good. Cool. But yeah, you know, me myself, I mean, I'll carry 
tools, parts, as far as like basic stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I I know how I drive, so I know what I'll break if I break something. Right. Well, everyone should should know how they drive and, and know what they stress and know what they break. And so, you know, if you're one of those that that breaks four or five axles in a day, well, you might not be cut out for this. And yeah. I'm not saying you can't do it, but you better bring some axles because. I mean, we'll stop while you change it for a few minutes within a reasonable time, but I'm not going to stop the whole trip just because you had an axle break because you were doing something silly. Right. Um, and adventure is a little bit more than hill killing. you got to remember, there's kind of a long-term goal of, to get to the end. Right. So, you know, bring bring some snacks, bring food. You know, I'll, we will stop and eat at places, whether it's a gas station or a restaurant. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of the air of whatever we find. Um, but you definitely need to carry enough stuff to be, to be able to get by. Uh, like I really roll on Vienna sausages and crackers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they don't go bad, you can pack a lot of them. Yeah. And then, you know, we will pass gas. Mm-hmm. Gas stations and stuff like that. So that shouldn't be a big deal. I may carry a small hand just kind of a just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially running a turbo machine, you're going to burn a little bit more gas. You just need to be conscious of... of you know, how far you got to go and kind of how you drive. Yeah, that's very true as well. I mean, you want to go flooring it down gravel roads, that's fine, but you'll be out of gas 50 miles before everybody else is ready to even think about getting gas. Yeah. So yeah. You know, there's a lot to consider in that kind of stuff that I think people really don't think of. If you're going on a day trip, who cares? Right, it doesn't matter. You know you can go up in the morning and you'll get home at night. Well, you know, we're leaving the truck in the morning. We ain't going to see a truck for four or five days. So... Uh, but we will pass gas stations. As far as sleeping, I mean, myself, I'll get a hotel. Okay. Uh, I'll call ahead as far as day of or day, day or two before, and I'll get a hotel wherever we stop or where we plan on stopping. And since we'll be traveling kind of through, through the week, it's easy to get a hotel. Yeah, um, for sure. When I cross-country trip, we booked hotels day of. Um, we'd be like lunchtime, all right, this is where we're going to stop. Let's start. Let's call our hotel in. So that won't be very hard. If you want to camp, that's fine. You can camp, sleeping bag, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I'm going to take a shower and go to bed. Yeah. Um, you know, I I myself, I don't advise drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a drinker. I never have been. Uh, I advise people wearing helmets because I teach power sports safety. Yep, absolutely. Every Everyone kind of roll on your own. You do your own thing. That's fine. But, you know, I'm not going to deal with people that are drinking and they're part of the club that drinks for 30 minutes and rides for five. five yeah. I'm not, I'm not that person. Yep. And anyone that's roading me knows that like, like we cover ground. Yeah. He came out to ride. So let's ride. Yeah. And I'm not saying ground, like we're racing. We're not racing, but we just ride. We ride and we don't stop a lot. Mm-hmm. And we ride at a safe speed, you know, no big deal. But you know, that, that's kind of the, the basic of it is, yeah. you know, just be self-sufficient. That's the biggest thing. Uh, it'll be easy. It'll be a fun ride. You know, if we go on trails that are, someone thinks it's a little bit too hard, there'll be a way around. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to force people to go up anything that they don't want to go up. Mm -hmm. I've been, um, and I know what it's like, so I'm not going to force anybody, but you know, if, if they don't feel like they got it, you know, I'll give you some directions on how to get around it and meet us on the other side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pretty simple. Yeah. So, you know, I have had a few people hit me up with messages on Facebook. Yeah, like, well, how hard are trails are you going to hit and stuff like that? And I got a, I got a buddy with some kids in a, in a four-door Ranger. And initially, I'm thinking, like, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you can. You'll just have to connect the dots to, to go around things that we're going to go through. So that kind of leads to my other question is, you know, uh, say, for example, I'm somebody who wants to come and I'm trying to figure out what part of the leg, you know, what leg of the race can I get in? Um, are you going to have a semi-finalized map available that someone could request to see if they can fit in somewhere? Well, so, like, like I, won't, I won't put out, like, a map, like a map file or nothing like that. Right. But I, I will put out, like, one, once I get kind of a date set and stuff like that, I'll, I'll put it out kind of regularly. That way it's seen. Okay. Uh, off the map, and then whoever wants to follow along, like, I'll post like map images off of my GPS that are in pretty good where you'll be able to figure out where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm 
begin to lead nav about doing the same kind of tracking we did for my cross country thing. Yeah, that'd be great. So if, if I give him my map, he'll be able to make a, a site page basically linked off my stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll show a, a trail map and we'll have live GPS to show where we're at. And then that way someone could just click that link, whether it's on their phone, whether it's on a computer, whatever, click that link and they'll zoom in and they'll see exactly where we're at and they'll see where we're going so they can kind of plan on where to meet. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see if he can do that and he's kind of remodeling the business right now. So we'll just have to see how, how busy he is and all that kind of stuff and the cost and all that. But definitely I'm going to try to look into the live tracking part of it. Yeah, well, that's, that's that was my biggest question was just if somebody wanted to jump in a little later, how they would get a hold of you. Um, but other than that, I'm going to defer to your Facebook and your social media um, for more information because, like you said, you got a little bit of planning to do. Um, you know, where all can people find you on social media to make sure they don't miss anything? Uh, I mean, on, on Instagram and on Facebook, uh, my name is Nitro. Redneck, R-E-D-N-E-K, Hubert. Okay. Whatever, whatever I'm going to do with this, it'll be on those pages. Okay. But people don't have to message me. Just, you know, it'll get out there when I feel like it's ready and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Once I have it, you know, dates planned and all that kind of stuff, I'll have, I'll even have a day list of like where we're stopping per day. That'd be awesome. That way people can come come see and meet us because you know if we start in one place and then day two we're going to stay here mm-hmm. you know brimstone area whatever we're going to spend probably two maybe three days riding brimstone wind rock and royal blue and we'll probably stay at the same place every night we'll right. just kind of out ride and come back so you know there'll be a good chance for people to meet us there say hey we're we're staying here at Brimstone, meet up here at this location at whatever in the morning, and we're just going to ride. Yeah, that sounds cool. You know, kind of the same thing as we're going. So, you know, I'll have a, a day planner planned out to where it won't be crazy busy, but it will be enough to where people can kind of rely on it. All right. Well, that sounds good, Hubert. Um, is there anything else uh, that we didn't cover that you wanted to wanted to mention? Oh, no. I mean, we're, we're great. Uh, I will say as far as the adventure goes, I was thinking September, and then I think my whole September is gone. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know that feeling. I was thinking October, but I, I believe my whole October is gone. Um, so it's probably looking like November. Okay, that'd be beautiful, though. That's the most beautiful time for that part of the uh, part of the part of the state. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it'll be really, really pretty with the leaves and stuff like that. Yeah. And it won't be overly hot. Yeah. It might be cool. You know, but I'm fine with riding in, like, a jacket or a sweatshirt. Yeah, I'd much rather do that. Better than trying to ride in, like, no shirt and shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's basically what's happening right now in Middle Tennessee. So, yeah, it's kind of looking like November. I'd venture to say mid-November, but nothing's set on yet. Once I get my calendars all lined up, I'll know, you know, how long it'll take. Odds are we'll be running on one one of those new machines or... A couple of new machines. Um, I got some just things in planning to. Uh, honestly, like I want to carry two machines and put someone in one of them. Yeah. Probably just a local friend or you know street bike Tommy, something like that. that yeah. You know, love to be part of it and kind of help you know grow the calls and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I know a uh, I know a podcast host who can who can maybe take some time off work. <laughs> <laughs> That's real funny. You know, no one has any time until I say I can provide a machine, and then everyone suddenly has days off. You know, it's, I'm sure it is funny, but I'll tell you, the, the sound of that new machine, that new machine is uh, is something something I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into one day. Well, if, if, if we can get a hold of one within the next month or two and I come home with it, you definitely come out there and take it for a spin and see what it does. Yeah, absolutely, man, and I can't wait for it. And honestly... Um, I'm going to do everything I can, uh, you know, for the regular listeners of the show, I'm getting married in October. Uh, so I should have hopefully a couple days in November that I might be able to, um, meet with you on the trail. So that'd be, uh, that'd be really, really cool because, um, I love all that space out there in Windrock Brimstone. You know, everyone listens to the show. 
I beat that area like a dead horse, man. It's my favorite area to go. So um, I'm going to do what I can to be out there with you either way. Yeah, sounds, sounds great. Uh, I should be, like, upcoming events, like, we have some stuff going on around Western land and stuff like that, but uh -huh. I should be at the wind or should be at the Windrock Fall Jamboree, and I should be at the Brimstone um, Paragon event for sure. That's exciting. Those are two events like I just, I it almost hurts my feelings if I miss those. Cause I just I love the crowds, I love the riding, and just just great events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some planning. My crew that I normally go do. Uh, the adventure rides with um they haven't ridden it all this year so we're going to try and get everybody in a machine get everybody's machines fixed and we're going to try and do some long distance stuff just like what you got going on yeah for sure we'll try to tell them to get going and they can come ride with us for a couple days yeah I'll, I'll be sure i and they listen to the show so uh mitch you're listening i know you hear it get your machines ready let's get rolling they probably all got old gas in them. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. He called me the other day. I said, man, you ready to start riding yet? He said, no, machines won't start. I ain't started them in like months. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that's perfect, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they need batteries and new gas. Yeah, that's it. Well, Hubert, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, if you don't mind, stay on the line with me for just a minute, and uh, we'll wrap things up. But uh, I appreciate you making the time for me today. Great. Thank you. Have a good one, bud. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. One of the most valuable things that you can do to the show is reach out to our sponsors and just let them know that you heard about them on our show. Inquire with them. If there's something that you want that they have, uh, just talk to them. Ask them questions about it. Get more information. See if they run any specials. Um, Pack Racing Springs is awesome for that because they offer our listeners a 10% off code. Code ROR at checkout will get you 10% off anything on their website. Um, customer service is great. I really recommend calling rather than going on the website. Um, their phone number is on their Facebook, Instagram, as well as RacingSprings.com. I truly, truly enjoy doing business with them. The highest quality springs and spring kits customized to your vehicle and with a full staff that knows way more than you ever could need to know about shocks, springs, and making your suspension do exactly what you want to do. Again, I have nothing but positive things to say about their customer service and their product. Um, I'm actually sitting on my back porch right now, about to go take my car out, and I can't wait to get in it because I know it's going to be smooth. Tender spring kits are great, or the full UTV spring kit is excellent, and that's always to be paired with one of their finely tuned sway bars. Infinite Off-Road also offers listeners 10% off the entire website with code ROCKS, R-O-C-K-S. That covers light bars, pods, wheel rings, uh, mirrors with lights in them, everything lights you could ever need they have. And the Infinite Off-Road warranty covers 25 years, you break it, they fix it, crazy warranty, just unheard of. I don't even go any further on that. Um, customer service is also great, and they also do carry a series of hard parts like a cage from uh, Wide Open Design that's pretty unique to Infinite Off-Road only. Um, again, love doing business with those guys. Also, I really enjoy doing business with the guys at All Things UTV. Um, Dustin Robbins and his team over there, they have some of the most extensive R&D of any retailer and manufacturer out there. Uh, I say that because Dustin picked up a talent and he's already developing parts for his new talents. Um, so support is coming for that. As always, there is tons of support for the Polaris vehicles in every regard, including all hard parts, suspension components, and everything in between. But most importantly, you guys, leave a like uh, on the Facebook, share the Facebook post, leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you enjoyed it on iTunes, that really helps the show get going. So uh, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.